Hey everyone, we're finally back. My name is Jake. Matt's drinking strawberry daiquiri. Thank you to Eleven for sponsoring us. <laughs> yeah, dude, we're gonna get sponsored by Steel Reserve someday. Yeah, anyway, you ever think about what if candy tasted bad, like like candy mixed with like gas? <laughs> <laughs> I guess is how I would describe I, that flavor. I can't say I've had that experience. Let me uh, let me try real fast. It almost tastes like, like, it kind of tastes like cough syrup mixed yeah, with. Yeah, it's, um. Actually, the, the initial flavor hits pretty well. It does, but that aftertaste is like. Yeah, it gets real bad. By the way, this is now a, uh, <laughs> a drinking podcast. No, <laughs> we uh, so, only review malt liquor. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this is Music Sucks and I Want to Die. Again, I'm Jake. I'm Matt. There we go. Hey. And today we're here to talk about a kind of an interesting topic. Yeah, so if you don't play music, you might want to just turn this off because it probably won't make that much sense or uh, probably I don't care about it, I guess would be more yeah, accurate. Yeah, that's more likely. I feel like it will be somewhat interesting to those who are at least interested in like what performing music is like, what the, what's the mindset. It's kind of And like. obviously as like to very successful professional musicians we are <laughs> you know we're basically the adam neely's of yeah exactly. these kind of fit i don't wow know. Oh, okay anyway i uh, <laughs> i definitely didn't just finish a gig that was basically a retirement home on the ocean so i love that song is that a song it's like oh, keep on hoping retirement home on the ocean oh, okay we're off to a good start all right so anyway we are talking today gigging mindsets yeah, i yeah. guess we can call it yeah um basically like how you would change your performing based on certain situations or like what causes you to play worse or better or like yeah things that can psychology or the yeah. mental states around yeah, the psychology of performing live yes specifically in situations that we run into quite a bit i would say yeah i don't say most musicians probably run into oh, this i think i agree situation. um we will be featuring our special guest the guitar hell yeah it's on the floor right now jennifer lopez style <laughs> so <laughs> dude we're so close okay. to starting this episode real quick, dude. Um, moving Woo. on so let's the most basic yeah style genre so obviously that would be different songs but i was thinking more for instance, I play in a old-timey country band. Okay. But sometimes as like an instrumental, we do Blue Bossa. Okay. And it's always sort of a confusing thing to me. I mean, it sounds a little confusing, yeah. I mean, because we just do it as sort of like, oh, the singer needs a break. Let's just kind of jam out on this. And so the other guitar player always kind of plays it more like, like a classic rock guitar player, I guess, would play. Like, pretty much just like pentatonic oh, okay. kind of thing. I tend to be like... I'm sure that pentatonic looks real great over the E-flat minor 7. Well, he, he manages some modulate. Oh, okay, 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 well, good, well, good, good. <laughs> well, see, if you follow George Russell's Lydian chromatic, <laughs> and you think of that all as a D-flat major 7, and then the C minor pentatonic over the D-flat, Lydian. Right. Word. So it's like C Phrygian, though. Yes. Okay. All right, no, sorry, C... Uh, actually, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah cool. Th this guy's <laughs> super advanced, dude. <laughs> Anyway, so you play George Blue Bossa. No! Okay. Anyway, so he does that, and I, because it's the only song of the night with chord changes, I tend to play to those chords and play no. weirder scales. And, yeah. weird, and you're playing a country scale. Gig, yeah. yeah, that kind of thing. I mean, we definitely do it like jazz style. Oh, bossa jazz. Oh, okay, okay. I mean, so we do the it drummer's that's... not like freight training a country no, no, behind No, we do it like okay. that style, but it's still, for me, it always is kind of odd after playing pretty much like major pentatonic all night over <laughs> CF and G. Yeah. And I do it anyway. Um, but I, 
it did make me start thinking like, well, is that actually appropriate? Like, is that, hmm. it's kind of a weird thing because especially if you're in a sort of band like this, which is very like this genre, this style mm-hmm. kind of thing. It's like, should you try to be as authentic as possible? Or is it okay to maybe step out of that a little, put your own spin? Here's a question that might help narrow this down. Yes. Is anyone listening to you? Well, that's later on. Yeah, the oh list. My bad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah of course not. Uh, <laughs> uh, but no, in answer to your question, like, I would. So I do gigs all the time where we go fucking insane with yeah. the different genres. We'll play like some stupid ass butt rock song. We'll do ACDC, like as, you know, a jazz group, like sure. playing it as straight as possible. And mm-hmm. I'm hitting power chords as loud as I can. And then we'll do like uh, Moon River sure. or like whatever. And as far as like, whether or not you should try or not to try to do that, eh, I don't even know if it, probably not. Well, you know, and then I'm thinking too, like style audience being the other half of that. Yes. Like let's... if you are at playing like, you know, the Oregon Country Fair, they're and probably going to want you to play some twangy country shit, even if you are doing like Blue Boss on it or whatever, yeah. or, you know, but if you are just playing at some bar on a Thursday, and again, no one's listening. Yeah. But it's, I guess it's maybe like a band image thing. Like, what are you? I don't, I've never actually been in a band where they're very like stylistically, you need to play that or whatever the recording. Sure, yeah. Or like, never really been a band or even like a, I've occasionally I've like learned a solo or something, note for note it. But like, I've never been in a situation like that where they're like very adamant about you playing that particular thing. I don't know if you have. Oh, yeah. Okay. Well, then. And do you do it? I do, yeah. It's not not going to lie. It's personally a tiny bit frustrating. Yeah, that's what I would imagine. But, like, I get the I get the vibe. So, generally, those kinds of bands, like you said, are very image-oriented. And oftentimes, they're tribute bands or things of that nature. I have done an original band where everything had to be note for note from the recording, which is... Oh, yeah. That, fe- that felt way worse. That is weird. Yeah. Yeah. That, it felt very limiting and, like... You know, not that I could go in and do everything better, but like I did feel that way. <clears throat> but the tribute bands being uh, to the note makes a little more sense. It still is because, like, in, it's almost like inauthentic in its own right, though, because you think, let's uh, take like what, like Earth, Wind, and Fire, for example. Yeah. Like, do you think Earth, Wind, and Fire is playing note for note live to what they're doing on the fucking recording? No. Well, actually, I was going to bring that up next, like, as far as like. I mean, obviously, we have we've done this a lot. Where we're a really successful, popular band, where people know our solos. <laughs> um, but I do remember reading. I think it was Richie Blackmore from Deep Purple. Mm-hmm. I think he was talking about how like they do songs like, like "Smoke on the Water," for instance, and like that's a pretty like iconic solo. I would say it's sure, yeah, pretty melodic at least for yeah. most of it. Um, and he talked about how he had to kind of figure out a way. Essentially, he came up like a compromise. He's like, I always start it the same, and then I go off and do my own thing. Yeah. Audiences kind of stop caring yeah. after that point, and then it just becomes notes. Yeah. Um, so I guess this is a thing that in various situations, like to kind of take into consideration, but it's also something I don't really think about at the time I'm doing it. Yeah. So, so I am an extremely selfish person, and I often, so in these bands where I have to learn these things note for note, I will pretty much always, like Richie Blackmore does, I will pretty much always start with what's going on in the, you know what I mean, in the recording or whatever. And then I have to find a way to interject myself yeah, somewhere or does, else I lose well, my mind. Well, it does. I don't, you said it a second ago, like in, in authentic, authenticness of this. Yeah. Uh, but also, even if it is like, 
a classic good solo. It still does feel weird. I don't know why that feels weirder to me than like copying a riff. Yeah. But something about the solo, I don't know why. I just, maybe it's just because jazz background or something maybe. where we're like kind of stuck on that. Yeah. I mean, so I don't, I actually haven't watched enough like videos of different genres to know like in what genres is it appropriate to play your solo over and over again? Probably closer to your pop metal, like from the yeah, 80s, yeah, like 90s. Yeah, kind of They'll thing. play the same solo over again. Something in the back of my mind tells me Earth, Wind & Fire does not do that. I'm not sure what I, it is. I'm pretty sure you're right, but... Yeah. I've, I've seen a couple Earth, Wind & Fire live videos, and they yeah. do some nutty shit. I'm sure they do. It's pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. But and that's why it's like learning things note for note is kind of weird. And eh, music's always like the expression of the people on stage, right? Yeah. Like, you can it, does, tr- it takes me out of it a little. Yeah. In a way. Like, I'm not, I don't know why, though. Maybe just because it's more mental capacity to play a solo versus chords or whatever. Right. But I don't, I don't know. It is always. Have you been in the audience with, for a band of that nature? Oh, uh, good question. Actually. Oh. Uh, I remember thinking this was very weird. Uh, and I was in high school and probably like an idiot uh, Word. about music. Because I think it was when I first started getting to jazz. And it's just like, yeah, I listen to John Coltrane. I'm 16. <laughs> yeah. Uh, hey, better than me. I didn't listen to Coltrane until I was like 22. Yeah, there you go. But my sister's favorite band of all time is Fountains of Wayne. Not bad. Not bad. Not bad. Not bad. Um, so they came to like near our hometown and went to the show, and the guitar player played every solo, note for note, like the record. And they're his solos, obviously. Sure. But like, I do remember sitting there, just I don't know. I thought I found it very lame, and I don't know if that was because I'm like trying to be like a edgy jazz snob or something like that. Yeah. Uh, but I do. I mean, he he writes melodic solos that fit the song really mm-hmm. well, so it makes sense. But it. It lacked something, I guess. Like the spontaneity wasn't there, maybe. It, it probably lacked edge as well. Yeah. yeah. I mean, playing the same solo every night over and over. I don't know. Does that just, not make you want to die? Like, what do you mean? It would for me, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, so I guess from that perspective, then, what do you think your sister's looking for then? Good. I mean, she had a blast. I mean, yeah. and that's the other thing. I guess these are kind of things, again, like you said before. Hey, is anyone listening? Yeah, and who's listening yeah. for what? Yeah. Because my guess is your sister probably wanted to hear those solos. Oh, yeah, probably. Like, yeah. Uh, yeah, so that's, that's probably the decision-making, especially in a band that's as tight, uh, tightly uh, produced mm-hmm. and tightly structured as like a Fountain of Wayne yeah, song. Yeah, for sure. I mean, it, that that's pretty much a straight pop music. Yeah, really, absolutely. With, with guitars. And, like, <laughs> and, you know, and I mean, they sounded great, like it. Yeah. Worked really Clean, well. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it was great. So, but um, it, it's not what you were looking for. Yeah, because of its lack of yeah, spontaneity. But maybe this is a musician-only thing. That could be. Hey, yeah. feel free to leave your comments in our on our YouTube channel. Uh, but in any case, should we get dive down into the more deeper realms? Into the deeper realms of what? <laughs> Getting paid. Oh, uh, oh, <laughs> oh, baby! I like the sound of this. So this can go a lot of ways. I think. Um, yeah, this this is an interesting part of this conversation. I think, okay, so I think the basic assumption would be if you're getting paid more, you care more, you perform more. Well, I guess it falls apart because I don't say, I wouldn't say you perform better. You maybe perform more conservatively. That's an interesting one. I would actually, I'd probably say the opposite. Really? So, okay, it's not the opposite. It's just uh, from a different angle. When I'm getting paid more for a gig... Uh, let's say it's something that I'm comfortable with already. Let's sure. say it's a band I'm already in. I know the repertoire, whatever, blah, 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 blah. I will feel, for some reason, just way more comfortable at that gig. Just because? I'm not sure. So, well, I guess because I care more, yeah. You care more. I'm also another, a side 
quest of this. Side quest! <laughs> um, but perhaps there's also something to the types of gigs that pay more. Oh, sure. You know. Uh, but I don't know if I have that experience or the same feeling as you, really, in that sense. Yeah. So I'm having a hard time explaining exactly what I mean. When I... Again, it's like a band I'm already comfortable with, but like when a show when a show is paying really well, like let's say it's even like a corporate gig, right? Mm-hmm. That's paying like you know really good, uh, and we're we're there playing jazz, right? Sure. I will, I will go for even more stuff. Will you? Yeah, I. Unless it's obvious that we need to really be fucking quiet as shit. Sure, sure. I mean, unless I, it's obvious, then I'm still going to be playing. Like I'm going to try and think of all the cool stuff I can. I wonder if this is affected by to whether you're a sideman or like the leader of the gig. Mm. You might have a different thought about that. That's well, a good okay. Point, yeah. I think you. I'm often you. You play in a band, um, and I refer, recall a story where our friend Kyle was drumming, and he played a really cool drum. Oh, that's so so good. Um, this was at the World Trade Center in uh, downtown or in uh, off the waterfront. Yeah, oh, nice, nice. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I recall you telling me it was like a really cool solo, but the band leader kind of got mad yes. because he. Well, because also I think didn't he like kind of he, he miscounted too. Yeah, uh, it was. I mean, it was really good solo. I almost miscounted. It was close, but I was. I just brief aside when someone's taking a drum solo and like you lose it for a sec, you have to just guess something. Yeah, yeah. And I then know, it, yeah, we've all been there. Yeah. <laughs> and, and if you're wrong, then you did an anticipation, right? Obviously, but uh, <laughs> no. So uh, yeah, that gig. You're right. So that was a. Uh, that's a tough one too because it was a really good solo and I think it fit pretty well. Sure. And new raw musically. Right. But here we are at, you know, 7 p.m. on a Saturday night with a, a hors d'oeuvres going around. People yeah, in suits. This is like, I mean, your background music. We're background music. Yeah. And he's doing some nasty polyrhythm, not hitting downbeat ever kind of solo. Yeah. And I loved it personally. And I think, I, I don't think it disrupted anything at that gig. I don't think it made the ambiance well, any worse. Yeah, well, that's what I'm wondering too in this then, because like, it's like the same thing we were just talking about. Like, is anyone listening to you? Yeah. No. And so maybe this is more of a band leader kind of thing. But on that note, though, he would be the face, the connection between the venue, the audience, and the band. Right. And I, so I definitely understand if you're getting paid to do Deliver. a specific yeah. thing like that. I, I get it. Yeah. I do. You know. And this is where I kind of start talking about like a balancing act. There are – I. This is something I think I'm good at is like uh, balancing what people need to hear with what I want to do. Sure. Yeah. So in the situation like that, you're at this corporate gig, you're playing jazz and you know, you want to play all this dope stuff and you, I think you totally can. Uh, you can, uh, and it's easier as piano player too. You know, I'm not hitting pieces of metal. Sure. Uh, but I, I still go for some nutty ass shit. And the reason I do is because I still try and keep it grounded in a certain yeah, way. Yeah, you're not going Eric Dolphy on this shit. No, no, no. Like, I'm not I'm yeah. not entering yeah. Harmelotics uh yeah, right. Ornette Coleman uh, yeah. shape of jazz to come. Um, and I do find like I've noticed at just like being an audience member at like jazz or I'll say jazz shows sure. Or but something like that. Um where maybe someone will play something a little out mm-hmm. if it's more of like a straight ahead thing. And the audience actually does often react, or yeah. at least some of the audience does. Um, and that's a different situation where it's like, you're here to pay attention to the band and everything Mm -hmm. like that. So, but I do agree with your, like, it's, 
if you ground it enough or balance it enough, mm-hmm. it's not really distracting. It's not disruptive. No, I, I think it I'm, actually adds to it in its own weird I way. It makes it you stand. Fucks up. the band up. Yeah, well, that's its own. Uh, yeah, but that's but, a yeah different discussion. Yeah. <laughs> I kind of want to. Oops. Okay, good. Still, uh, it has some weird thing on it. Screensaver. I didn't never saw that before, but uh, I kind of want to grab the keytar fast yeah. and like just kind of yeah, see if I can describe yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's musically. Do that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Oh, it's nice to have my back not hurt. All right, so uh, Jake recently turned thirty, and oh yeah, and now it. I'm just instantly old. I yeah, f- God, kill me. Okay, so let's say we're playing that song. Uh, have you met Miss Jones? And we're at like if we're playing again. I have forty nine keys here, so don't uh, don't fucking spam the comments with how shitty I am, and they're <laughs> not weighted, and it's gonna be great. So if I'm playing. Let's say I'm in like the middle of a solo here. Okay. Uh, and this is going to be like a, c- a corporate gig solo for me. I'm sure. trying to get in the vibe here. Hold on. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. A lot of people <laughs> getting a little too sauced at the little, bar. Yeah, 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 yeah. So like I'm kind of already popping. So, and this is a corporate gig kind of. Th- I think that's a good example of the balance that you were talking yeah. about. Like that, like obviously the cool shit was happening, but it was very, it was sandwiched it, by. Exactly. I try and yeah. basically I play your licks to get in and out. And in the middle, I'll do like the substitutions right, and, right. and the alternate scales. Well, or whatever. the flow is nice as well. Mm-hmm. You yeah. Know, like, the shape is very yeah, easy yeah. to listen to. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Whereas like if I'm trying to do something a little more artistic, right. And I'm in the middle of a pop and solo and where I'm at, God knows where there's no jazz venues in Seattle anymore. Cause they all closed during COVID good times. Uh, but like, if I'm trying to do something artistic, maybe not playing Miss Jones, uh, I mean, maybe this straight ahead, but like, <laughs> who knows? But like, uh, let's see if I can do something think you do have a point because like obviously you were playing some kind of weird shit there mm-hmm. but it did still flow nicely yeah it didn't like i don't know if an average audience member that maybe wasn't really paying attention would think that was weird no yeah you know, um, I, I would just say the difference is it's probably a little harsher a little yeah more, yeah and honestly i might play the same thing at both gigs dude i don't know well that's i i, I think the energies are similar yeah you know, and that's kind of one of my problems. I have, yeah. a, I have, a, I have a Jake sound. Well, I mean, you should. I should, <laughs> and, and uh, I'm, and I'm both kind of like proud of that, and also it was like, eh, you know, yeah. I mean, I guess more talking about it too. Just to go on the flip side, as far as like, you know, a shitty dive bar show on a Tuesday night. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I would necessarily play shittier or more free on that either. I yeah. mean, you know, I still want to support, like, have the music come out nice and support that i wouldn't yeah. play like oh you're only paying me like 10 bucks and a beer well i'm just going fucking atonal all night yeah like, that wouldn't happen <laughs> uh, <laughs> i think i've done something like that uh but yeah i guess it, i mean i think it's maybe it's not so much an audience thing it's really more of like a band thing sure. or, or like a, not even a money thing more of like the people you're playing with if you're comfortable with them yes okay that, that might kind be of thing yeah so it might be more a band member than a i honestly money. think that influences me 400 times more than the audience, the pay, like any other deep feelings I'm having, you know, is yeah. who I'm playing with. Cause if I'm playing with people that 
like are with me in a, in a sense or people that aren't like, you know, hitting drums against a brick yeah. wall while I'm doing whatever the or fuck at least I want. comfortable with it. Like at the very like basic level, just like, sure. Yeah. Yeah. At any point. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, then I will, you know, obviously feel the, and I feel like I play different based on who I'm playing with, like almost well, vastly. Yeah. 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 Well, maybe we're going to ease into that right now. Um, yeah. and I, but I will say before we do that, I would say on the flip side too, some of the most uncomfortable gigs I've ever been have been like a shitty dive bar gig, but you're filling in for someone or something. Oh, God, and it's yeah. like, the money's not worth it, but you, you put in a bunch of work, like the peer pressure the you wanting to do a good job, the networking. And mm-hmm. it's like, that's, you know, some of the more stiff I've been at a gig. Yeah. You never know where yeah, gigs are going to come from. Exactly, exactly. You always need to sound really good. And at those gigs, isn't interesting. Those are the kinds of gigs you're probably more apt to play conservative. Yes. I think that's literally exactly the opposite of what you should do. It goes to a balance again, yeah, I think, uh, yeah. because there is um, obviously, yeah, you're not. You don't want to be. I guess you don't want to be timid. I think is really yeah, what exactly because people can sense timid very well. Yes, so and other musicians play, like you like, have to grab space. Going back to like say, I mean, say you're like going note for note solos or something. It's like you may be conservative in that sense of you're like I want to play like, close to the recording. I don't know these guys. I'm just mm-hmm. going to play it safe. But that's a difference between that and just not just being too afraid to play. Sure. That, that yeah. energy is very off-putting. And I feel like audience members can definitely feel Oh, that. yeah. And the band knows. Yeah, the band sure. definitely. The band. But I think that there's a lot of band shit that doesn't translate to the audience. Yeah. You know, but I think yeah. that's a big one that does translate yeah, to the audience. Yeah, you can feel it for sure. Yeah. And uh, that's one of the things that annoys me most is when people are afraid to grab space in the band. And even if you're taking like a note for note solo, I feel like there are ways and I would always try to find my way to interject myself. Let's say there's like a sick lick uh, that you play and maybe you add like ah, just a little. Let's say you're taking a guitar solo. Maybe you add just a little bit of wah on that one note that's at the top of your line. Just a little little spice. A little. Yeah. A little William spice. Yeah. Um, You have to find a way to stand out. Or I mean, what I do like uh, recently I joined a band and I had to learn like. 100 songs and obviously it's a lot and some of the there's a couple that they wanted like the note for note solos mm-hmm. which totally fine um on that i was like uncomfortable the first time we played because it's like you know first time with a band trying to remember all these fucking songs all yeah. these shit, everything like you know flying by just a lot just a lot yeah. obviously you know um but you know one thing i'll do is like okay i'm just gonna play it note for note because that's what I know they wanted and I know later I can get away with doing different things sure. um, but just adding maybe more of like a personality to it mm-hmm. or add, like as a performer too is another thing oh sure like visually yeah, yeah. like kind of being like you know do guitar facing or whatever <laughs> I mean but I hate your guitar facing <laughs> uh, but you will see people like that's Ugh, such a big thing with me actually when I'm seeing a band and I mostly notice some guitar players because you know that's who I'm usually watching when they stand there yeah, that's a that's bad. It's a bummer. You have it's the always most, a bummer. You have the most mobile instrument in the band. You do, you do, and even if they're like ripping, they're just yeah. And I have, I kind of have that. It's a little different with piano players because they're a little less mobile. But sure, I'm a bit of a psychopath when I play. Like I move a lot, and I'm insane. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But it's uh, I I also prefer people to be looking like they give a shit. That's I think what it is. You don't have to be like a clown, but like, yeah, you yeah. know, uh, like me. I <laughs> recently actually saw a band and. Co- like cover band kind of shit. So they were just, you know, nothing special. They were good, but whatever. Um, at one point, the lead guitar player, like, stepped to the front of the stage. So he was, like, next to the singer to, like, solo and mm-hmm. just stood there and played. Like, he went through the effort to get up into, like, the main stage space and just... That's cool. 
just blank expression. Oh, no, like no, like literally was just like why? That's way worse if you go. Up I know, there and right? then do no, that. no, and he like stayed up there for a nice couple of songs, and I was just like, then the singer's like dancing around and smiling uh, and shit, and it's just like brutal. Whoa, whoa, <laughs> yeah, yikes, man, yeah, and, fucking yikes. And they've been a band for a long time. It's like not a uncomfortable thing. It just. I mean, I guess stage presence is a different topic entirely. Yeah. But, like, like at least have an excuse if you're awkward. <laughs> you're, like, <laughs> learning the songs. Like, I don't, you know what I mean? Yeah, like, and stay, if, you're, uh, if you have to, stay back. Yeah. If you have to do a supportive role that night, make sure you do that and kind of stay out of the way. I've never been in that position because I'm a huge asshole and want people to like me. That's what they say. <laughs> uh, <laughs> no, uh, so there is uh, one thing I wanted to, uh, one example I wanted to show is, uh, the song. So let's say you play a song that you've played nine hundred million thousand shit zillion yes. times. Let's say that song is called Superstition. And why don't we say that? Yeah, why don't we say that? So Superstition on keys, you know, the clav. Pretend this is a clav. Are you doing E flat? I play guitar. I like doing an E. Anyway, so you know that the clav riff is very iconic. You have to do it, but. You have to find a way to not do that for something, right? Sure. Uh, and I, I do other things in that song. Like, I, I play the organ at the... I double the horn lines in the verse while yeah, the yeah. clav line. Yeah, that's what I do when I play the guitar. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> gotta do something. Yeah, right. You gotta, you're fucking bored, dude. Exactly. In the recording, like, nothing happens the entire time. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, yeah, sort of that. And then on the, you know, the, the B-flat 7, the mm-hmm. half-step motion at the with the flat 5 stuff, yeah, yeah. Uh, I'll just organ scream some of that. But, like, to get to the clav, to get to the other point, like... You have to find a way to play these riffs and not die and also like try to interject some of your own personality into it. So like something I do a lot and I'm sure it's very annoying to someone uh, is something like, you know, to play the line. And then at the end of the phrase, you know, I might. You know, anything. That kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. You know, have to do something or, you know, just do a fill. Whatever. You have to do something to get your own personality in there and if you are it's kind of weird i guess i just do the same i try to grab as much space as possible all the time which is a detriment probably well you know sometimes. i mean if it's a band that would do superstition i mean you know you have to you, you yeah. kind of you if you're playing yeah, superstition yeah like that you, makes sense you can't um, play it the same way anymore that song is too far gone right something i do like on the similar level uh when the <laughs> Both the country bands I'm in play Folsom Prison Blues. Imagine that. <laughs> uh, which I do like this song. But it's boom, tink, boom, tink, yep. boom, tink. Like, that's pretty much all I do besides solo. Uh, but it's kind of interesting. One of the bands I play in, and I think <laughs> this might be a me not giving a shit kind of thing. Ah, <laughs> that's, a, that's a... Well, it's a, it's a mix between the comfort level of the band and mm. me just also being like... A huge asshole. Yeah. I get paid enough for this shit, so I guess money does play a factor. <laughs> yeah, sometimes. okay. Because the other band, I don't do this because uh, they pay better. Uh, yeah. uh, but what I'll do often, I mean, it's just it's stupid, but like I'll do it every night. I always put it in once when we play it, which is going from the E to the A. I do just do like fourth stacks, chromatic up. Oh yeah, which is not like a groundbreaking cool thing, but in Folsom Prison Blues, it's kind of like what? Yeah, that's cool. That's yeah, cool kind of thing, you know. So wait, so you're in G. Well, we'll do it in E. Oh, you're doing it. Oh, of course, guitar players are dumb. No. I think the song's in E. No. no it's in uh the original's an F, I think. It is, yeah. Oh, maybe it's that maybe that's like a vinyl thing. It might be. Yeah. It's even E or F, whatever. Yeah, it's definitely an F. Yeah. But uh so it's an E and what's your four stack voicing? Is it with the is it with the E on top? 
Mm, no. Oh, <laughs> it's even oh. worse. It's even worse. <laughs> yeah. I do EA. I mean, just a two-note kind of thing. Uh, but, but just up to A. Uh, so what's the top note of your fourth stack? E and A. So E and A would be... Yeah, and then just chromatic up to A. Yeah, I do that. Nice. Oh, so But then you're on A sus? Well, I go to A. Okay, so... Yeah, okay. Yeah, basically. Yeah, that's pretty much it. But no, but like interesting point that I'm just realizing is, again, I do that in two bands, and... One of the bands I would never do that. Yeah, yeah, that is in, that is interesting. Uh, and I will say also, this band maybe is a little more jammy. I guess I can say. So okay, so you have a little more there's maneuvering the, room. Yeah, I mean we're not doing that kind of shit ever, <laughs> but like it is a little more open to you know maybe kind of, kind of weird, getting a little weird here and there. Okay. But like, but that's like not appropriate for that song at all. Like, totally, very not inappropriate. Totally. Uh, <laughs> uh, I have a similar story actually. Right? So, um, when you get to the part where halfway through that verse on Brown Eye Girl, uh, I do that in one band, and I don't do it in another band. Yep, yep. That's hilarious. And I also do a, uh, what is it? That's cool, though. I yeah, like that. I, love, I love doing that. Uh, I'll do that in this band that I do all kinds of gigs with. Uh, like, you know, we'll do anything from like a, you know, a festival gig to like a corporate gig, wedding, blah, 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 Every type of gig you can imagine. Basement of retirement homes for some lady's uh, 40th birthday who's an event planner who charged $100 to her own birthday that no one showed up for in Baltimore. Gigs like that. Yeah. I, I will do that shit with this band all the time. Maybe it's a comfort level thing with that too because I know that they may, actually that's probably it because in, in a sense, I do a lot of like the music uh, directing, I guess. Sure. So you're kind of a, band leader but also you're not i'm also not it's that's like i don't think that's a very common situation to be in probably not no i i don't have that i kind of have that a lot actually well okay because i i take charge a lot musically sure i don't know whether that's because i'm a control freak or people have an inherent trust in me it's probably a mixture of probably a mixture Yeah, yeah. yeah yeah so but yeah so i will always feel very comfortable like injecting my own stupid shit if i know that they're gonna take it the uh band members don't give a fuck about the audience um if the band members will take it in a way sure. that is like uh, either humorous or like, oh, instead of what the flying fuck is this tritone substitution bullshit, right? Yeah. So if I know that they'll take it like that, I will do anything. Uh, going off on that too, like a uh, interesting thing, like being, I mean, comfort bandmates, sure. But like being in a band with like friends, like or doing a gig with friends, like if you and I do a gig or mm-hmm. something together, that's not our usual Annoying jazz bullshit, uh, <laughs> but uh, hey. but like you know we'll do like kind of little like eh, like that kind oh, yeah. of shit, you and, know. And you have to give the obligatory face when you do it. Yeah, like, yeah, hey, whatever. But even joke like when we did that New Year's gig and I played like that extremely like racist solo. Oh well, not, yeah, it's not, it was, it was, yeah racism so, solo. Yeah. Means well, like, like, what he means is we were playing this and this was the mode. I was doing the white man harmonic minor bullshit. Which is my fucking favorite <laughs> thing in the world, by the way. But that kind of shit. I mean, if you weren't there, meh, probably wouldn't have done it quite like that, you know? Yeah, <laughs> that yeah. kind of shit. Like, um, I guess that's more of a rare occasion. Spe- like, specifically if you're just doing, like, sideman gigs and shit like that, you know? Yeah. Um, as opposed to 
being in a band with your friend, you wouldn't do that because it's like, well, hey, we're writing original music or whatever, mm-hmm. and we're just going to play because it's something we really care about. Yeah. But as a side man, it's like, eh, these little things that kind of get you through the gig, I guess. And to be honest, you know? I think sometimes when you have that mindset, too, some really good stuff can come out of it because I think in a, as objective as music can get, right, I think that solo was really, really good because you had maximum balls. Yes. To, right? Which, again, would not be a thing if you weren't there. So, okay, yeah. Yeah, you know, yeah. And um, With maximum balls, I think you could do pretty much anything. I think so, too. And, like, the audience, again, it's, like, one of those things that transfers. Like, even Confidence. if they're not, like, like, whoa, this guy's cool. Or they, they kind of get that energy, though. They really translate it comes out in the music, I think. Yeah. And people kind of realize that, even if they're not really paying attention or not. Sure. You know? I, um, I agree totally. So there is a comfort thing, but then, yes, perhaps sometimes one might push that a little far. Mm-hmm. Like playing fourth stacks grammatically on a Johnny Cash tune. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I just did a bar 7, 8, too. Awesome. I forget how I do I think I do like, or something like that. Something like that. I forget exactly. Uh, I'm not going to figure it out. Yeah. Uh, no, Jake, we're going to sit here. Yeah, we're labbing out your fucking lick on Johnny Cash right now. Uh, so I think that I will – basically my philosophy is – and this comes from a freelancing you know, uh, self-employed perspective as well. In order to get work over other people, you have to be – stand out. In, you have to stand out in some way. You have to be – you have to know the tunes. You have obviously this is like the basics. Know the tunes, be re- yeah. relatively easy to work with. Have your keyboard sounds dialed in for keyboard players. Guitar tones probably yeah, somewhat similar. Yeah. Yep, mm-hmm. uh, you have to punctual, whatever, all that bullshit. But you still because a lot of people can do that. What people can't do is figure out ways to stand out and add to what what you think is a musical experience, and yes. at the same time. Like have it be your own personality. I think that off, off, yeah, that is like an often missed thing with people, especially like maybe newer musicians or like people just starting to gig and sure, things like yeah. that, where you're so concerned about doing all the the checklist of things you need to do, you kind of leave your personality at home yeah, or anything like yeah. that, and it's like so you might do a fine job, but you're going to be so unremarkable. Mm-hmm. You know, that they'll, uh, they'll, they'll either yeah. like not call you back or you just be like the guy that can come in last minute. Yeah, if you need exactly. Him. Exactly. Rather you know, than I've a, definitely done that, especially like back, you know, out of college and whatnot and being yeah. like, oh shit, I got to learn how to play the part. And, blah, 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 <laughs> blah, yeah. and you know, and then you get more comfortable and you're, and then you can start branching better about doing that shit as you get more experience. But, yeah. um, but yeah, I do think that is probably one of the worst things you can do, especially on like a pickup gig or something or uh-huh. like a side man thing. Like you, they you want to give them a reason to call you, yeah. Again, or make an impact on the audience, like whatever the goal of that gig or night might be. Yeah, you should put some effort into achieving that, whatever yeah. that may look Absolutely. like. Absolutely. Yeah. And honestly, like, and this is from just like a pure career perspective, the harder the circumstances you're given, and if you can still shine through them, like you're going to instantly get a huge reputation boost, right? So if, for instance, I had to learn 93 songs in three days once for a gig and no charts. It's had to be pure memorization. Um, and I did it. And now I've been playing with similar bands nonstop since then. Exactly. And you still have to interject your own personality in there. And it's, I mean, it's like any sort of artistic career, like, Acting, or mm-hmm. it's like you first impressions really, really, are really unbelievably important. It yeah. take, it can take 
I don't, it could take many, many years to I undo mean, a first we, impression. And we've done that. We've been in bands or whatever, and someone came in, and we're just like, oh, that guy was a little... Uh, Not talking to him anymore. You know, and yep. they might be a fucking killer player, and they just fucked off that night for oh, whatever man, reason. Man, I can think of one example right now. There you go. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. it's like... Which, hey, maybe not fair, but, like, that's the way it goes. That's, the, that's, that's like, just the way it know. is. Nope. I'm sorry. This is too much fun having this in front of me. Yeah, no, put it down. No. <laughs> put it down! Uh, oh, I said very insightful before I uh, fucked off my own shit. That's your own fault. Uh, that's why you're not getting called back. <laughs> uh, no, my podcast career is over before it began. Um uh, kind of going off to another thing here. Um, one thing I did want to talk about, uh, Derek Bailey, the great guitarist and improviser has an amazing book called improvisation. Okay. So I'm holding up right now for the, uh, people listening and not watching the video. He has a passage in his book talking about, um, this sort of mindset of, feeding the audience what or sort of a positive reinforcement from the audience and repeating it. So for instance, if you are a guitar player and you go up and at one time you just do a stupid tapping lick and everyone's like, Whoa, you tapped. Even if the lick was just kind of like, yeah, whatever. Yeah, I've noticed like with tapping licks, like sometimes they're like really out of time and shitty. They are. The tapping's terrible. I yeah. fucking hate tapping. Well, I mean, the, unless you're Eddie Van Halen, yeah. Yeah, that's pretty much Steve Vai. Steve Vai. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Like, there's cool tapping, but most of the time, like, I'll do it sometimes just as a like kind of joke thing because, yeah. like, it's not good. <laughs> yeah, it's a very basic, like, I it's mean, a parlor it's, trick to get. Yeah, it's yeah. like the trombones and the you know, like that kind of shit. I mean, yeah. you know, we all have, every instrument has those kind yeah, of yeah, things. Yeah, yeah, right? and the piano, it's like the fucking uh, hemiola thing you can do downward. This is a big. Yeah, that kind of shit. Exactly. It's, it's shit that sounds like good in it's theory, but like impressive sounding. If you, if you, you know, don't know what's going on, if you know what's going on, like yeah. it's this is easy. Yeah, exactly. So he has a section in his book talking about that. How you will have your like your lake or whatever that the audience reacts to. Mm-hmm. So you go the next night and play it again because you know you get that uh, kind of positive reinforcement, and then you consciously or not, you know, like it can kind of creep up, like. If you let it go too far, like, oh, now is that my sound? That bullshit lick? Yeah, like, you know? yeah. Um, I think I've definitely been guilty of that many a time. Um, it's, oh, same. It's, I, I did that tonight. Oh, dude. Okay. So we were playing Mustang fucking Sally. Of course you were. Yeah, right? This is, you know, it's 24 by blues, whatever. And, you know, there's a big break at the end when you get down to the four chords. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> right. Like, just uh, sharp nine parallels. Actually, it's the same as one of the Rex tunes I wrote. I almost did the same lick. Oh, weird. Remember that? <laughs> um, so the point is, I did that tonight because I know that people really react to these, like, uh, uh, hemiolo kind of things yeah. with kind of interesting chord sounds. Honestly, like, in a pure musical sense, it's almost meaningless. Exactly, yeah. But, like, and it's the same thing. I do this shit sometimes, too. Right, or, like... Uh, and any of my stupid parlor tricks I will do on yeah. the regular because I've gotten reinforced. And also there are, and I know that for certain types of gigs that they need to hear that. That I guess what I was going to go into next. So yeah. from Derek Bailey's perspective, mm-hmm. he is a pure improviser improviser. Like that's what he does. He sits down and just plays goes, you know, he, as far as I can tell, never repeated a fucking lick in his life. I don't know. <laughs> like, no, but like for real, he, that's like his whole thing. So to him, I can see that being like a really 
big negative thing. Sure, yeah. But in the world of gigging and making money yep. and not being Derek Bailey, who apparently gets to be famous because I don't know why. Because fuck my life, that's <laughs> yeah, why. I guess so. But yeah, in the real <laughs> like, world, like people want to hear this. Right? feel bad doing that kind of stuff because i definitely do like yes. not even like the parlor trick stuff but even just like a basic like like blues lick or whatever like, yeah it, to me it's like it's like a paint by numbers kind of thing almost it sure. becomes and i really never Ma- feel good doing that yeah you have an input predictable input predictable musical output or sorry predictable audience exactly return yeah and it's it's a different thing than having your licks or your style or whatever it's yeah it's like a just like well Gonna hit that big bend to the root right now uh-huh. on this measure, cause that's gonna sound cool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I feel it, dude. Yeah, I, um, I can. I definitely start feeling really bad. And some songs really don't let you do anything else. And I think sure. Mustang Sally is a big one of those. I, mean, I don't like that song. No one should ever play that song anymore. No, that song's done. It's dead. I actually do like the original a lot. Yeah, I think it's a good it's song. Fu- it's fine. Yeah, but like, no, I never want to play that. I never want to hear that. Like, no one wants to hear it. Apparently they yeah, do, they do. Yeah, they do. And you know what happens? Every fucking person starts singing along. All you wanna do is ride around Sally. Ride, Sally, ride. They do it like that, right? Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's really, uh, it's whack. <laughs> it, it, it starts hurting. And I hate soloing over that tune because I really feel the need. I feel like I have to do just like this big shit the whole time. Because, you know, the drummer's wailing away. The the bassist is just thumping, you know, the, the rhythm. And I feel like I'm trapped to do the... Like maybe this might be even more guitar specific because I tend to play more of those type of songs. Sure. Like one of the bands I do, I mean, does Johnny be good? Um, I love that intro. No, no, it's great intro, yeah. but like, um, but that's the solo too. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And then like the way we do it, we kind of like jam. So I do like two or three solos, nice. like verse solo, verse solo. And it's like, I'm stuck though. I can't do anything besides. And this is something I wanted to say too. That also has to do with the the instrument you have to play for that song. Yes. So, uh, on on a real piano, I can branch out a little more. On this this gig I just played is the word. That's going to be my rant. Cool. We'll save it. But uh, <laughs> the point is, your instrument, your tool, your, when you're you're playing the same guitar, but your tone uh, for a Johnny B. Good song has to be pretty pinched, has to be like very oh, yeah. distorted, which l- really limits what you can actually do. Because like any. Like any different sort of lick you play is going to be sound unbelievably out of place. Yeah, and that's another like actually a good discussion for a future day is actually like tone and sound and how that affects your playing. Yeah, but, but yes, exactly right because I have to have the fucking treble pick up, have some light overdrive, yep. and just very ging, like grating in a way. Yeah, well, like, yeah, that's how it sounded. It is, yeah. and that's how it sounded. That's what people want to hear. But yeah, you're right. It's like I can't even if I'm not like not saying even going out, but maybe like space. No, I oh, literally. Oh my have, god, you can't stop. You can't. You literally because the to texture just play. And it has to be B flat minor pentatonic or whatever here, and it's just like that's all it can be. Yeah. And like, no, yeah, that's a good. That's another good point. Is uh, the same thing with Mustang Sally. Like, what if I did this? Oh, yeah, put that shit back. They would think I'd lost my mind yeah. if I stopped for a bar. Yeah. And I've actually had this where I started a solo. Like, honestly, even on like a jazz tune. Like, let's go back to Miss Jones. Like, I started my solos right. Dun, 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 two, six. Here we go. Like, I've had it where I start a solo like that, and then someone else will start soloing. I was about to say, I didn't know you were going there, because I was about to say, hey, one time I did a solo, and I 
put space in and someone else started fucking blowing. And it's just like, hey, So you're severely limited on what's happening. So jam sessions suck and I want... <laughs> yeah, hey, we did, we did that episode already. Uh, Everyone go back to episode five. It's very good. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, no, that drives me fucking insane. So that's, that's another limiting factor. That's why you have to play, like, if you're trying to do, like, really cool art stuff, you can't play, you have to be super comfortable with the people you're working with, you have to have worked all this out in rehearsals, or, like, just or verbally, like, hey, we're going to actually try to play music as opposed to feeding the audience, I was, like, um, a band I was in at one point that is no longer existing, sad face, uh, Uh, but one of our songs, um, especially as we got more comfortable, um, I mean, some of the songs were just kind of like, okay, you got your eight bar solo and you just kind of do it or whatever, but we had a song which was a little more open and I, especially as we got more comfortable, I started taking a lot more space, maybe playing a little more weird shit, you know, and this is like a rock band kind of thing. This is, this is some hard rock. Yeah. Yeah. And so, um, I started being able to do that and the audience reaction to that was, Lit. Yeah, they love that. Yeah. Like, people like then you're being melodic and talking to them. And yeah, in like, a new way. Yeah, it, like, always was a great thing, but, like, that's so rare to be able to do unless it is your own band or something. Like, Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, if you're doing a piano trio, sure, you can do that, I guess, <laughs> if they're good listeners or whatever. You know what yeah. I mean? But, like, yeah, if you're just doing Johnny Be Good or Mustang Sally, you, no, are you can't. You can't do it. And that's part, and that's, you know, even on originals that are in that style, though, yeah. you can't, mm-hmm. you know, the, the, the texture is too important. And that's something, uh, that's probably what it actually comes down to, is you feel the pressure of the music texturally, that you have to keep the volume up, you have to keep the energy up. Like if, yeah, again, if you stop doing a solo, then you're fucked. And I will say that's probably some of the most awkward I've ever felt playing is when in the middle of something like that and just realizing like, God, this sucks. Oh, like, God, yeah. like I just, I don't like what I'm playing. I yeah. don't want to play this. And then that can kind of creep into your playing. So then it starts being kind of like, you lose the balls or whatever, you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. And it's just like, and you and, lose and, the ability to interject yourself. Too. Yeah, exactly. It just feels like so limp. And like, yeah, and you're, <sighs> and you're just feel like you're reading a history book. Yeah. Almost. yeah. It's like you're, you're reading a, a Wikipedia entry on Mustang Sally. Instead of like trying to do something, here's what an average American in 2022 would play on Mustang Sally. That's right, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Of course, they would reference all of the licks that were brought before I can them. See you being in a future like encyclopedia about <laughs> <laughs> terrible covers. <laughs> I've done a lot. I've done enough of them, man. I'll tell you. I'll tell you what. It's yeah. It can. You're right. This is probably some of the worst I feel at gigs when I feel completely trapped. And un- yeah. unable to spread. It can be hard to come back from, too. Like, even if you go to the next song, which maybe you have a little more freedom. Like, sometimes, I don't know about you, but sometimes, like, just a bad song can really just kill my mood for a minute. Like, See, I think this is where my experience comes in handy of playing so much shittier music than you. I have played ungodly terrible stuff in my life. Like, an un- a large amount of it, too. So, I think I am very... Also, I think it's partially my personality type. I've I'm pu- sure, yeah. I'm yeah. pretty quick to recover from something yeah. like that. Yeah. Uh, I mean, but, I generally am too, but it just sometimes, man, yeah. It's just like, I don't know, you get that little like existential crisis on stage <laughs> or something, and it's just like, ugh, I did good. have that. I did have that once, and I stopped. I, it's, I, I stopped trying for the rest of the gig. I stopped, because I had literally just given up after that song, or during that song. I had just given up. I stopped playing. All my solos were like literally autopilot. Oh, I've done that too. Yeah, where you're just like why even bother? Yeah, and I, and it's actually bad too. Like 
you know, s- s- autopiloting is great, but like my autopilot was also really bad. Sure. Because yeah. of my my head was. You're just like yeah. I mean, it, I was looking forward to getting the fuck off that tour. Mentally, it's mentally exhausting. Like playing music is really mentally exhausting. Yes, and, and that's and why if you're pe- not having a good time doing it, it can really creep up on you. That's why people who are like, uh, yeah, man, I have like this fucking four hour corporate gig, kill me, right? And those people are like, whatever, I worked for eight hours today. I'm like. Bruh. It's different. It's, it's different. And it's then, different. You know, and like, and I don't know what it's like to work an eight-hour corporate gig. That has its own <laughs> bullshit. I'm yes. sure I'm just, like, I will never know. But like, yeah, no. And if anyone's just like, oh, that's easy. You got to just sit and play music all day. It's like, no. Yeah, it's actually yeah, like <laughs> incredibly difficult. Yeah, yeah. to have mental stamina to make it through four hours of covers. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it sucks. <laughs> it really does sometimes. Yeah. Um. So I guess can we can dovetail into our last uh, dovetail? Yes. Woo-woo. Uh, our last uh, topic here, which is artistic integrity and shame. Shame. Oh, that's a reference to a dead show. Shit. Uh, R.I.P. Good, S- good music in that show, though. Don't put it on. <laughs> awesome. Diggy Diggy Bopped it? Yeah, I Diggy Bopped it. Yeah. All right, so... Um, shame, artistic integrity. This a little bit. This is, already, this is a... I, yeah. But this is a coin... You know what I mean? This is a spectrum. This is the same thing. At least you can't interpret it that way. Like if you're artistic, if you have artistic integrity, then you're probably not feeling too much shame. If you're feeling shame, most likely you're playing Mustang Sally. I mean, it is, I guess, going off that. It's like the pitfalls of the job, man. Like sometimes you're in these situations where you're just embarrassed you're embarrassed to be there. You're embarrassed to be a musician. Uh-huh. Rethinking your entire life. Yeah. Like, or another thing, I know this happens to you a lot, when you just go up there and be like a jackass and play whatever the fuck you want. Oh, yeah, I do that. And old ladies come up to you after and like, you're amazing. That was the best thing I ever saw. And then I'm like, what? Uh, yep. <laughs> it's like, how? How does it feel, Jester? Dance monkey. Dance. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> dude. I was just like, I... I get that so often. It's I so know funny. you. Do. I've seen you get it like yeah. so often. And you and you and you know me long enough to know when I'm playing. Just yes, yeah, like an asshole on purpose. Yeah, it doesn't sound bad, but it's like it's not what I'm here for. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You're oh just fucking around, God. and like, and then you're so good. That's that's pain. That's so I know pain. Ooh. it's I don't know, man. It's like the gigs that I get that actually have like artistic integrity or like music that means something to me or getting slimmer and slimmer every day. Hey, like, same, my dude. It's, which I mean is our own fault because we're lazy and we don't actually put effort into doing our own things ever. Uh, weird. <laughs> but it's also kind of like a catch 22 because it's like, you got to pay rent. You got to pay rent. And yeah. every minute you take away from doing that is like, it's, it's weird because when you do your own stuff, it's like you do it for a certain amount of time, but it also like starts infecting other areas. It's like it affects your mindset. Like, you know, you don't want – if you're actually producing your own stuff and believe in it, it makes doing the other shit harder. Yes. Way harder. You, and that's why I don't yeah. do anything because I know that coming back to it – I think that's key. We just said it is a completely different mindset. Yes. Like you – like I'm a different person. Yes. Depending on what gig I'm playing or whatnot. Absolutely. You know, and there's and the biggest difference I think is me at home playing the shit I like versus me 
driving an hour to play a shitty fair with no parking. <laughs> I can look my amp everywhere. And like, like, I mean, it's like We're at one mile loading, man, yeah. dude. Like, it's a, I, yeah, it's a, it's a mindset thing for sure. Uh, uh. Like when you are really trying to make something good happen and you have a project, you do all the work for it, you write the music, you do a record that's you really are proud of. And then you have to go play Mustang Sally. Like it makes hard. It makes it much harder, which is why I probably subconsciously one of the reasons I don't put out enough original material anymore is because I'm I'm in a I'm in a zone right now making a shitload of money playing gigs. It's kind of also like a macro version of that Derek Bailey thing where your original music is not getting any positive reinforcement. That's right. Yeah, good point. Good but call. Hey, they love you on that cruise ship playing Mustang Sally. So uh, guess what? You're gonna do more. Even if you feel shitty about it, like you feel shitty, about but like, it, well, yeah. and it's a depressing thing. It's like, yeah, I would love to write music and share it with the world, but no one wants to hear it. Yeah. Like, it's like, I mean, maybe one guy is like a fan. <laughs> I mean, you know, we could look at our podcast numbers here, and uh, that would be a good example. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, this is the most original stuff I've put out in, yeah, right. in like five years, but it's way more satisfying than love a it. lot of. This yep, is like yep. literally my yeah, favorite exactly, thing to do. Yeah. Exactly, it, but it, it's hard. Like, I know, like, obviously the industry people, there's a lot of, like, you know, just, oh, my dad is this producer, so now I'm a famous pop star or whatever. But, you know, like, if more indie or jazz or whatever, like, these people, like, struggle for years. Many to years. To get to just being, like, you know, a thousand plays on Spotify. Yeah. Or, you know, and, like, like the, the thing is, like, when it comes down to it, are we willing to struggle like that? I don't know if I it's am. It's hard. It's hard, especially. I want my cake and eat it. You know yeah. What I mean? Well, and you're right. There's like only mentally. There's only so much like time you can put into one of these things. Yes. Without it really affecting the other. Yeah. You mu- if you're gonna try and make it in this industry today, and you are, you know, playing other gigs. Like, let's say you're in 25 bands, like I am. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, your calendar is like crazy. Yeah. Like, when when are you gonna make your own music? Like, you when? Yeah. Yeah. And I could. I actually could. But you're so exhausted. I'm yeah. Well, it's, it's, it's not even physically or even mentally. It's just like, I'll, not even, like the word almost is like spiritually drained. Same thing with teaching, dude. Like if, right? I, if I teach for six hours, which again, you're like, yeah, not that long. But like I come home, I don't want to fucking look at a guitar. Yeah. And I just spend all day playing Taylor Swift and ACDC and yeah. shit. You know, it's like, I mean, it's fun. I like it, but. Yeah, I don't want to fucking touch the guitar. Yeah, after you don't that. want to try and explore no. the Lydian chromatic. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Obviously, yeah. I, mean, <laughs> I mean, I've spent many a year. Just oh, of course, yeah, yeah. you've dialed in your <laughs> your subs. That's why I only play C minor pentatonic over Bubasa, not because I'm a hack, but because I'm playing the. Lydian. <laughs> oh my god, what does that sound like? Uh, uh, oh yeah, sorry. Uh, here's a, actually. What, yeah, what am I doing? Let's do this. What are we doing? Take a chorus on Bubasa. Normal. Do oh. <laughs> what do we got? I want to do like a hack version and then like a cool version. A hack version, yeah. Okay, just like straight C minor, like a guitar player would play it. Oh, okay. Um, Yeah. 
Yep, pretty much. Yeah. And that, mean, that was a terrible fucking solo. It too, needed more uh, bending into the wrong chord tone. Oh, oh shit, yeah. I could have done that. Hold on. <laughs> <laughs> I got a little carried away. Uh, very unrelated, but that is the exact thing that happens. Like every once in a while, they'll be like metal shreddy guys that they'll be like, and now they're going to play with Bonne Blast Symphony. Are they going to oh, do Spain Christ. or some shit like that? It's always that exact solo. Oh my God. <laughs> it's always terrible. Torture, dude. Well, I wonder if they have enough self-awareness to be like, that was bad. Absolutely they, not. Yeah, probably not. Huh? Absolutely not. Oh my god! Uh, I think I told this story at the jam sessions episode a million lifetimes ago. But uh, this is a jam session town called Mojam. What? Yeah, Mojam Mondays. Uh, they're still around somehow. Um, <laughs> of all the things that ended during COVID, somehow how would they make it, man? I'll never know. Oh uh, shit! So uh, one time I went there uh, for reasons unknown to me, and the guitarist uh, from Steppenwolf showed up. <laughs> Uh, I'm going to breeze through this because I think I told the story That's before. That's a good note. Tell it again because it's oh, okay. a great story and it, that was a long time ago. It was, it was yeah. almost two years ago. Yeah, More than two years. Oh, fuck. We're old. So, uh, Mojo Money, Steppenwolf guitarist. We go up on stage. We're playing like a... What are we playing? E minor, A7, right? I do love Santana. What? I do love Santana. Yeah, right? Anyway, nice eyebrows. Perfect rhythm. Uh, so we're playing like a one chord funk jam, you know, where it's like a medium tempo. I mean, nothing says artistic integrity like a one chord funk jam. Yeah, exactly. Well, <laughs> two chord. Oh. Because, you know, these aren't the same chord, essentially. Well, according to George Russell's Lydia Gra- <laughs> <laughs> So <laughs> we start this jam. Okay. This guy's like super popular, right? People show up for him. Which is odd, because who the fuck cares about Stephen Wolf, let alone his yeah. guitar player? But yeah. okay, whatever. Moving on. <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> he gets on stage with me, God forbid, and uh, we play this one chord funk jam for like a minute, and then it's solo time, and, you know, we're doing... Right? And then, like, fucking... He'll start the solo, and like, big break. Dun, two, two... It's weird that he showed up with a guitar. Yeah, shut up. <laughs> okay, and then like he takes a two-minute solo of right, and then he points to me, and I'm like, oh, okay, fuck yeah, it. What, what do you play on? <laughs> oh, I I do this. I then I start soloing right. Right, and then and I just hear coming into the corner of my ear. He just takes over my solo. And then I'm like, okay, back to comping, I guess. And then he stops uh, after another two minutes of... Oh, shit, I'm back on piano. My bad. Uh, but he, after... He came over to the piano. Yeah. <laughs> he points He points to the drummer after that. And the drummer starts taking a drum solo. And for whatever reason, this guy's in charge, right? Because he's famous, whatever. And then through, you know, this drum solo, he's, you know, it's pretty good, whatever. He plays funk. It's happened before. And then, like, in the middle of the dude's drum solo. <laughs> I swear by all that is holy. I really hope it was always that, like, every time. 
time he started. <laughs> I'm, I, I think it was, and like he ended up, he did. It's funny, he did the, uh, he did the tap, and he bent it upwards, and like it was really yep, up, up, up a fret, yeah, yeah or whatever. Yeah, I don't know how you tap and bend. I don't get it. I get I oh, whammy. And maybe. I yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. It was weird, and I hate. And that was this, that story. <laughs> and well, you know. It was 12 minutes. That man has artistic integrity. <laughs> That's true. He. Oh, wait. No, no, no. So you, it's shame and artistic integrity on a spectrum. Yeah. But if you can't feel shame. That's a good what's question. What's left? Yeah. You have to feel it like you have integrity, right? We have a friend who's like a composer, guitar player, who I feel often is like on that line. I'm blanking right now. Uh, he. Oh, well, yeah. Got yeah, it. yeah. Uh, <laughs> what the fuck's wrong with me? Yeah. Uh, and in a way, I like Admi- I admire that. I admire you it know, too because he will he will try shit that I wouldn't. Yeah, same. And like it may not always work. No, oftentimes it oftentimes, fails. Actually, yeah. oftentimes uh, it can fail spectacularly. But you know, he's done way more than I've done. Yeah, just as far as like his own personal projects. Yeah, and that and probably like, in a way makes him like you're. It's ad- very admirable. Yeah, and I, I it is. It's really cool in a way. <sighs> yeah, if only it wasn't torture. <laughs> no. Uh, <laughs> I'm. I don't even know where I'm going with this, but like, oh, I have to give myself a compliment. So Apparently, no. So I don't know. Sometimes I just randomly start playing when there's a keyboard in front of me. But uh, I'm reminded of my one of my favorite quotes of all time from uh, the greatest sports movie ever made, Bull Durham. The world was made for those without the curse of self awareness, and I feel like for whatever better or worse, you and I are both. Per- Particularly self-aware we people. We are very much. You might be surprised. I know. The right? quality of this podcast. <laughs> but, uh, oh, believe us. We are aware of how bad it is. <laughs> we're breaking through, though. Yeah, we're, we're, we're breaking on through to the other uh, side. Okay. Um, I'm aware of how bad that joke was. See? I get it. I understand. <laughs> no, anyway, so when you have less self-awareness, it's much easier to do this kind of stuff. Yes. And self-awareness can also start masquer- you know, becoming something that's not self-awareness, but like going beyond the self-hatred. It is a, well, like you said, two sides of the coin. Like it, mm-hmm. Yes, that's a double-edged sword yeah, for sure. it really is. You really can't go one way all the way. Like it just... Otherwise it's bad, yeah. Unless I guess you're like really good and famous. Yeah, if you're really good, I guess it doesn't matter. Well, like, you know, Jacob Collier, he... Uh, oh my God. Don't make me. Nope. I, I'll do it. Nope. <laughs> nope. <I won't. laughs> My Jacob Collier is pretty good. Fascinating rhythm. <laughs> well, this has been Music Sucks and I want to die. No. Yeah, 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 uh, yeah. But anyway, this is our last episode forever. No. Uh, but I think that's a good wrap up to our ranting for the last hour or so. Yeah. Um, I don't know if there's anything else you wanted to mention. I guess basically, if we were to try, how would we sum up what this is? Well, being a musician is hard. Mental health is important. True. Water, sleep. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I, I would say uh, your cha- your, what you do as an artist changes based on the circumstances you're in. And you really kind of have to be mindful about how you're changing. Like, uh, what was the guy's yes. name again who wrote that book? Derek Bailey. Derek Bailey. He, uh, he put it pretty well when he's like, you get this positive reinforcement cycle. And if you're not on top of your, if you're not on top of your shit, you can start getting slippery sloped into it. Actually, I mean, that's kind of what, like, I thought up this topic because I think I played a shitty gig <laughs> and then I sat there and I was sort of like, 
like you know, like feelings, like that kind of thing where you're just like, mm-hmm. man, what? and then then it's sort of like I just like it was very easy to like write down things and be like, oh yeah, this happens. Sometimes I feel like this, like. I think we do tend to shove that away because it's like, it's the job, man. Mm-hmm. It's the job. And it's like the best job in the world. Everyone's always like, oh, you get to play music all day. That's great. And it is. It's amazing. It's amazing. Yes. But like, take care of yourself. I mean, like, there's yeah. like a lot goes into this. We put a lot of ourselves into being a musician. Yeah. I mean, what's, like, the, what's the saying? Like being an artist means you're by default vulnerable. Yeah. Right. You're putting yourself out there. Yeah, you are. You I really don't remember are. the exact quote. Yeah, sure but exactly. It's much better yeah. than that. And I think, you know, I don't think, I mean, it's everyone's different. Everyone feels different. Every gig's different. There's no way you could like sum that up into a easy sentence. Sure. But I think we could all use a little more self-awareness mm-hmm. as far as how we feel. Yeah. And, and that, that yeah. doesn't mean like hate yourself. Either. Yeah. But just, you know, take a moment. If you're feeling shitty after a show. Think about it. Yeah, think, think about it. Reflect. You might want, yeah, you know, like, what can maybe, maybe there's something else you want to be doing more. Try, maybe like, yeah, try yeah, and be like, a little more dispassionate if you yeah, can. Yeah, yeah, or, or not, or go all in. Maybe that's the thing. Maybe, to, yeah, maybe, maybe you need a good cry, yeah. I'm just saying, we're obviously mental health professionals, and, uh, <laughs> <laughs> listen to us. Uh, but no, I think, I think that kind of sums it up. I think you're right. Um, what have you been listening to this week? What have I been listening to? I've been listening to Joe Jackson. I do love me some Joe. I know, dude. He's he had a long career. Not all of it was good. Uh, uh, go ahead. I'll tell you a story after you finish. <laughs> okay. Uh, I have a vague idea of what story. Uh, but yeah, Joe Jackson, seventies. Uh, he had a lot of ska influence, like a lot of the British people did yeah, back then. Yeah, it was big. Yeah, and uh, just like ska, like rock, new punk, wavy, new, new wave, yeah, 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 punk, yeah, new wave. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All, all that stuff's got thrown in. Yeah, and he had kind of just uh, his own little style of writing. Uh, a little more, I would say harmonically intricate than others in that he's intri- he's um he's almost like a i hate saying this he's like a billy joel or elton john kind of guy where no like, i feel it where the songs are a little more meaningful yeah he he's thinking a little more about yeah this stuff they're they're yeah. a little there's just there's there's something different yeah. yes and, and lyrically, really lyrically too he's yes yeah yeah uh i really respect his sound i love it and i'm i love listening to it yeah all the time Great. What are you uh, listening to, my dude? Well, well, you're gonna tell a story. Do it. Uh, I mean, it's not so much a story, but it definitely ties into artistic integrity and everything oh, we just talked about. Oh boy! Uh, I saw Joe Jackson like I don't know. This was probably 15 years ago now or something. Um, Damn. Played at a small theater in Portland because Joe I Jackson. I think he's ever done anything past like the 80s, really. That yeah. people know. Uh, it was him and a bass player and a drummer, and he was playing piano and singing. And it was all his new shit, all his like, and it was very like tortured artists, very just everything was kind of slow and dark and moody and back kind of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and it was like, it was really good shit. Like, like, I mean, but it's not what anyone came for. Um, So it was very like, he didn't play a single like hit all night. All new shit, everything like that. And he was just him kind of like crying at the piano, basically. Yeesh. Sounds kind of like a hard uh, show to watch. It was It was an emotional show for sure. Um, a little boring as well. But because uh, <laughs> <laughs> every song was kind of like, okay, we get Yeah, variety is yeah. good. Yeah. Um, but then yeah, like, he gets to the stage and they're like, oh, great. And he comes out and does one more time. And uh, is she really going out with him? Audience all, all loses the- it. Everyone's like, what? And Joe Jackson goes backstage and slits his wrists. Yeah. You could, like, I could tell even back then, I was just like, he looks not happy. That he's playing these songs. Like, it really was just like, wow. Oh, <laughs> poor Joe. He just like, oh. Poor Joe. Well, you know. Yeah, that's pretty cool, though. 
Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, sorry the, the, yeah. that he would do that kind of show. Yeah, yeah. No, it was it was it was interesting. Like, definitely not my favorite show ever, but it was an interesting night for sure. I'm trying to remember. Is he the guy who got super ugly? I don't think it's him. I think that's someone else I'm thinking of. Where someone like got like a bunch of work done. Oh, I don't think that's that's him. not him. Yeah, okay, yeah. I don't think so. All right. I mean, he just looked old when I saw sure. him, and that's fine. Yeah, yeah, he's old. Whatever. What have you been listening to, uh, my dude? I've been listening to this weird album. Uh, it's weird Al. It's um. What's the name of it? Oh, just clip the name after the bands. Okay. Uh, it's uh, what? Akron Family. Akron Family? Okay. And Angels of Light. So first of all, it's a split album, which you don't really see anymore these days, outside of like indie punk labels. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of cool. Um, Akron Family, I don't know too much about them. They are somewhat established as sort of like a weird noise metal hard rock, I guess. Sure. Uh, Angels of Light is Michael Gira, the guy from swans the mm-hmm. main dude of swans um so they don't collaborate it's just like a split album yeah um but i think he produced it or at least was really behind the scenes especially on the akron family side of it okay and that shit's really cool it's like seven of their songs and just three of his which is kind of weird but like i wish more artists would do this because i think the pairing really makes interesting music like it's they're not necessarily collaborating. It's more just like the influence. Sure. And it's more maybe like a mentor or like established artist, newer artist kind of thing. So, but like, I think you could do a lot of variations of that with like these sort of like split things that are I, separate, but work together, you know? I'm into the split album personally. Yeah. It's cool. I, yeah. I, I think I mentioned this band on the podcast a long time ago. Uh, this band out of Switzerland called Closet Disco Queen. They're oh, like, yeah, yeah. It's like a math rock kind mm-hmm. of group. They did a split album with another European. It, they weren't quite as math rocky. They were just a little bit more straightforward with the singer as well. Uh, but it made a really nice. It's uh, interesting. Yeah. I find that very interesting. It's different than like a, superstars making an album together like yeah. you know like stevie nicks and uh kenny Loggins. yeah you know like that great <laughs> that song. is one of the worst songs i've yeah. ever heard in my life uh but it's like you can hear the influence on each other and, mm-hmm. and i think it's interesting in this case too because obviously swans is very established and this is a newer band so they there's sort of like you know like a mentor mentee kind of thing but like it's kind of cool to see it seep into each other and Totally. It's just a cool album. It's very noisy and rocky and dark. And, all the but like, like, yeah, you know, <laughs> all the, like all the Matt stuff. I like yeah. that shit. So, you know. Uh, all the Matt stuff. Akron Family, Angels of Light. Check it out. Word Good up. Chip. You got a rant for us this week or what? Oh, boy. The it's headphones actually, are coming off. It's actually not really a rant. It's more of a weird, surreal experience. Oh, observation. Uh A week ago or two. Yeah, I guess it was last week. I went and saw Jack White, which was a... a this is not about Jack White, but Jack White, I will say, like, I don't really follow his career too much anymore. I don't really like his solo stuff as much as I like the White Stripes. Sure. Um, but as far as a guitar player and a popular musician doing things today, he, like, no one's really like him. He actually makes some weird-ass shit, and he's very brand-oriented, and it's always kind of weird and cool. Like, he, I don't know. There's not really anyone like him. These days, sure. I don't know if there could be anymore. Like it's well, a lot of people think. I guess Brian Eno kind of has that kind of same reputation. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. But uh, I don't know if Brian Eno's done anything. I think Brian Eno's done stuff. Wait, Brian Eno, yeah. like from like, yeah. the seventies. Yeah, did he die? No, but yeah. like he's been around forever. Yeah, yeah. So it was Jack White. I guess at this point, yeah. <laughs> uh, I mean, Jack White was what, like nineties. Uh, well, I mean, White Stripes was like two thousand one, I think. Oh, or okay. Three so, years, the first okay. album or something like that. Um, gotcha. I mean, you know, there's still. 
modern. Yeah, Jack White's also been around forever. Yes, it's, I know. It's, yeah. 20, it's 20 years now. Well, I know, but it's uh, different than 50. That's, that's true. <laughs> also, Brian Eno's one of the most, like, well-known... Okay, wait. Yeah. Moving on. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Are you saying no one modern has that kind of reputation? Yeah. Uh, I don't okay. think, like... I can't think of anyone besides, like, like those producers in Switzerland. Yeah, or, exactly. Uh, I mean, like, Jack White, like, last year was on SNL as the musical guest. Like, he's still, like... Relevant enough. Yeah, yeah but he's doing his own weird shit. And actually, his new album's really cool. It's very, uh... It's, like... He has like a lot of weird like fuzz pedals that do kind of like synthy stuff. And okay, it's it's interesting. It's not like the songs aren't great, like, but it's like it's, it got hey, he's doing he's doing cool shit. An interesting sonic yeah. scape, and yeah. he's always a very cool performer to watch. Cool, but this is about the opening band. I don't know if I want to name them. Backseat lovers. <laughs> <laughs> Well, there was that. Uh, so first of all, this was at uh, Moda Center in Portland, which is like the basketball stadium there. Yeah. And Jack White is not really a stadium-level artist. He's a large theater artist, but yeah. he did not fill a stadium, which you know. it was a little weird. I've never been to a stadium show that was had like sections empty. What would, what would you say the percentage is? I mean, it was probably... 50... No, I mean, he was probably like 70, 80% full. Okay. Like, so that's what, like, it wasn't like 7,000 people out of 10 or something? Something yeah. like that. It, 10, wasn't, it wasn't like, oh, my God, no one's here. And there was oh, a okay. shit ton of people on the floor, too. But oh, like, okay, okay. but there were just, like, I've never, like, been to a stadium show and looked across, and there's just, like, a whole section of seats empty. <laughs> like, All you have to do is grow up as an Angels fan, dude. <laughs> Come it on. felt like I was at a baseball game, actually. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but in any case, this band comes out, and... They start playing. I don't know anything about them. It's four dudes, two guitars, bass, drums kind of thing. And they come out and it's, they're kind of like doing that. They're doing like a radio head thing kind of with like all the weird, like noisy shit, but then it's like whiny indie rock. Mm -hmm. And it's like, like, (laughs) well, but that's the thing. It's just like, this music's like 20 years old now. Right. There's just no, like, it it was just kind of like, okay. I mean, it wasn't bad. It was just inoffensive. Who cares? Like why this is a thing. Uh, I'm not going to shit on this band because I'm, like, bitter and jealous. But <laughs> it turns out this was their very first, like, stadium show ever. Oh. I don't think I've ever seen a band on their very first stadium show of all time. And they were so awkward. Oh, and no. I would imagine one would be, like, I don't know. Like, I'd be fucking freaking out probably if I was playing in front of a huge stadium. Well, okay. Like a half-empty stadium people. <laughs> uh, but in any case, um, fucking big show, right? And it's just these, like, four, like, you know, long-haired dudes and just <sighs> the oh boy the it was the same shit like three fourths of the band just stood there and looked down and played. Lead singer guitar player dude was trying so hard. I mean, first of all, he admitted it was their first time playing a stadium, which I don't think was a good idea. <laughs> like, I get wanting to share that, I guess, but like. It was just like, yeah, I can tell. Yeah. Um, he, one point they started a song and it started with drums and he did a jump and landed when the drum started and it was. Wow. Cool. Cool, man. He uh, tried to do a Gregorian like chant singy thing at one point because he's like, well, if you're in a room this big, you have to try that once. Right? Oh, wow. That's really embarrassing. That's like Herbie Hancock, Chick Corea bad, dude. It. Like it was just. The Did whole it make time. you feel as uncomfortable as Hick, uh, Chicory and Herbie? It was Hickle? up there. It was definitely up there. I thought they were starting a song. I was like, "Oh, this is kind of interesting." And but then he's like, "Well, you know, yeah, go to try that." And then they just played their generic shit. And cringe. And it was just like again, they weren't like bad. 
bad. It was just like between every song, it was literally just, hey. hey oh, God. At one point, he was like, rock and roll. <clears throat> oh. It was, it was just so bizarre. I was just like, is this performance art? I was like, yeah. dumbfounded. <laughs> I'm, like, I'm like, you're playing a fucking stadium opening for Jack White, and you're just like, I don't know. Like, it wasn't even like, oh, we're cool. We don't give a shit. We're being like ironic. It was literally just like awkward. They were from Salt Lake City, so maybe that has something to do Word. with it. Uh, Word. Wow. That's whack. So anyway, Backseat Lovers, definitely recommend. Uh, check them out. <laughs> <laughs> You're a backseat lover. <laughs> In any case, uh, rants? Yes, I have two little baby petty-ass bullshit rants. One, uh, sorry in advance to your namesake, Williams is the worst brand of keyboards to ever exist. I've never even heard of that. Williams is your ultra mega discount ass bullshit, uh, but they uh, the reason they get sales is because they have a better presentation than most keyboards. They'll go the like the black sheen finish uh, with like a grand. So, they have a fake lid on their grand pianos. Oh my god, really? Yeah, that you know they open and it's terrible. Uh, I, th- I think that's Williams. I mean, that do that too. But so Williams, their action is like. I would rather play this keytar, which is terrible. Which I mean, no, it's not terrible. It's, it is what it's it is. It's a keytar, yes. <laughs> yeah, it, it's, it's synth action. It's different. But like this is trying to be hammer-weighted action, but it's like lighter than anything and spongy. And like you feel and like each time you dig into a note, like it like it feels gross. It doesn't uh. feel right. And the sound is tinny. Okay. I don't know how much you know about sampling, but oftentimes when you sample a piano, like you'll sample like the notes that it plays. That As opposed make- to sampling like five of them and then transposing them. No. Yeah. So no. you have like probably like your core four octaves. Even those are probably multi or uh, like stretched across multiple notes because it just sounds so bad. But the top end is so tinny and so nightmare. You can literally tell it's like B flat six stretched across the entire keyboard. And it sounds like garbage. And it's... Even plugged into like a good stereo system, it just sounds. Um, this piano sample. I feel like that would make it sound worse. Plugged into a good it, system. It might, <laughs> yeah, I did, I couldn't tell because I couldn't hear myself. It didn't matter. But like this piano sample is so much better. That's saying something. Yeah, because that's not great. No, it's not bad in comparison. You have no idea what Williams is, and it's your fault. Fucking Williams, man. Who 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 in your family do I have to go kill? Are you sure it's not Williams? Maybe uh, they're German. Oh, Williams, yeah. <laughs> so. uh... That's my first extremely petty rant of the day. And that's what I was talking. That's when I was like, that's my, this is going to. Yeah, okay. I will interrupt just a brief aside between your rants. I had one thing I left out from my rant. Oh, yeah, bring it. This is actually the Jack White performance. Uh, Okay. He was great. He had a keyboard player. Pretty good. Mostly like organ patches and shit like that. It was was good. He did the fucking like church pastor clap all the time, though. Like he'd be playing and he's doing the whole like. Did the butt shake? the butt in and out thing the entire night. That's it was so distracting. Is this a white person? Well, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> oh, my God, I hate white people. But like literally the entire show. That's pain. Butt in and out all night. Nice. Playing some sick. Well, I mean, it's probably what you play in your version of Seven Nation Army. So. Oh, great. Yeah. What do I? Play? Oh, I don't do anything. I just go like this. Yeah, that's pretty similar. He played all night. All right, cool. But he butt-shaped, so, you know. Oh, nice. Oh, hold on. I mean, again, we do like to see when artists are really into the performance, as we just oh, said. Please kill me. Stop. <laughs> Make him stop. Anyway, that was my brief aside. Cool. Go on. We're back. So my other rant, uh, I have a Spotify playlist that I curate from, you know, it's my liked playlist. It's quite long, has a lot of shit on it, 
and I want to hear that shit. But Spotify's random generation shuffle it's not. is not random at all. I think it goes by like the least played shit first kind of thing. No way. I think I don't believe that for one second because I hear the same shit every time. Interesting. I've heard both stories. Like I've heard people say that, and I've heard people. And my experience has been like it plays all the shit that I haven't heard. I can. I would rather have that. Well, I find it interesting because I I have like uh, two playlists that I do that with. Um, Like my like playlist, I have like a fun one, and then I have more of like a RD. I also have that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I'll notice like on the RD one, which is like way more songs than the other ones. I don't know if that makes a difference. Um, If I'm just shuffling. It'll play a lot of the songs from the same album. I've gotten that too by the same artist, at least. Hmm. Yeah, I don't get it. I, I, don't know. I don't basically know. what I'm saying is Spotify does not have like just a random number generator. No, so no, there's no not. way. Definitely not. Why the fuck not? I don't know. Maybe it's hard to program that shit. I don't no. know. It's extreme. That's like the first thing, right? I don't know. I'm I don't pretty, know how I'm, Spotify works. I'm pretty sure. So I have like 500 songs on my like playlist. I'm pretty sure what you can do is assign them all a number one through 500, and then just go. And then next time, oh. I mean, maybe it's complicated because you will exit the likes playlist. Yeah. And it'll have to reshuffle. Yeah. But I swear it reshuffles based on stuff it thinks you want to hear. It does weird things for yeah. sure. Yes. W- whether that be playing more recent stuff or not, I don't know. But like, there's definitely something odd. It's not random. Yeah, it's not, it random. not and it, random. And there's something about it that drives me fucking insane. And I don't even know if I like Spotify, but it's the best option that I think as far as interface goes. Yeah. yeah. It just drives not me. Not title, dude. You get the flat quality. The flat quality, man. When you're I, like listening in your car. Yeah. 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 Or on like headphones on an airplane. Great. Thanks. Who, who's that again? Is that like Jay-Z? Jay-Z. Yeah. Okay. Not Kanye. I think he was involved in it. Oh, was he? Okay. Actually, I do believe one of his albums he exclusively dropped. Ah, yes. And yes. it got immediately pirated. Like, it was like, <laughs> like everyone just pirated. Just like, fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> That's fucking funny. Yeah. Anyway, those are my two extremely petty rants for the week. Yeah. I like it. I'm here for it. And with that, our, I guess it's not a return because we're going to release the other episode pretty soon, but we're, uh, we're going to hopefully be back season on the regular two, bitch. Season two, Music Sucks and I Want to Die podcast coming to your door. I'm Jake. I'm Matt. Thanks for listening. Peace! <laughs> Good shit, good shit.